All right. Great timing. Awesome. Well, hey, everybody. Oh, again, happy Thanksgiving. I, I'm so glad all of you guys are here this morning. Um, and so grateful for each one of you. So grateful that we've get, been able to come together in this place to glorify God, to magnify Him. I'm so grateful. And I'm also very grateful um, for Turkey. For Turkey. Now, who here is going to be having some turkey in the next few days here? Now, I'm actually just really curious about this. Is there anybody here who's not, and you're doing something completely different that's just way out of the box? Is there anybody? Yeah? What, what? Beef Wellington. That sounds good. I want some Beef Wellington. Okay, what are you doing, Maureen? Brazilian food. Is that, is that like code for meat? Is that what that is? Ham- okay, come on. I'm, I'm down with that. Anybody else doing something different? Yeah? Chicken. Hey, that's good. That's the other white meat. We were, we were having a debate on the way into the service this morning with the boys, the Wonder Twins in the back, Josiah and Ethan. We were talking about, would you rather have turkey or would you rather have chicken? And uh, it was kind of a mixed, mixed bag, halfway, halfway. But no, I, I love me some good turkey. I love a good turkey dinner. Uh, for those of you who don't know, by the way, my name's Matt. I think I introduced myself earlier. I'm the, I'm the lead pastor here along with my wife, Tanya. And again, we're so grateful and, and so thankful that you're here with us this morning. We're so thankful to host you this morning. And guys, it's, it's a great service already. It's going to continue being a great service. And I've got a really great word for you today. So you guys ready to go to the Word of God? All right. So here's my title today. It is First Love, A Lifestyle of Thankfulness. A Lifestyle of of thankfulness. And so for those of you who have not been with us, I'm going to give you a little bit of an update on where we've been. We're going to do the same intro that we've been doing for the last three Sundays. Today we're actually going to conclude that portion of this sermon series. And again, as we talked about, God, what do you want us to do coming into the fall? What do you want Life Church to do? God, what is your heart for us? We really felt on our hearts that God was saying, I want you to call us back or call everybody back to their first love. And where we got this idea was from the book of Revelation. So we're going to read the passage again, Revelations chapter 2. Um, what we're going to do in the interest of time today is we're actually going to read Revelations chapter 2, starting in verse 4, and then we're going to read through verse 5 as well. And I'm actually just going to open up my Bible because I just realized, no, I've got it there. Uh, and this is what it says, Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. Or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Unless you repent. Church, we've said this again and we've said this before. When you hear this passage, I know immediately you might be thinking, oh, this is the judgment of God. This is God saying, how dare you leave your first love and how dare you walk away from me. But don't forget that at the end of this passage, there is the pathway back into the presence of God. And we believe that God is constantly pulling us back into His presence. God is always calling us back into right relationship with Him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You this morning, Father, for Your Word, that it's living and active. We thank You, Lord God, that it's sharper than a two-edged sword. That it divides between the soul and the spirit, discerns to the intents of the heart. And this morning, Lord God, we come with open hearts and an open mind, Lord God, ready to receive Your Word, Lord God. We pray that the seeds that are planted in our hearts would change us from the inside out, God. That we would become a new creation, even as You've promised. And God, that we would leave this place 
different, Lord God, because of the Word of God. Let it impact our souls today, Lord God, so that we can walk in it in confidence, Lord God, knowing that you are who you say you are and that you've got a plan for our lives. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. So, God is always calling us back into right relationship with Him. And, and what we've talked about here uh, in, over the last few Sundays in particular is that one of the tools that we believe that God uses to draw us back into right relationship with Him is the tool of worship. And what we've been talking about, if you missed it, we've been talking about the musical expression of worship. We talked about this idea that worship, that music is not worship, but music is a wonderful tool and vehicle that allows us to access the presence of God. And so we've been talking about the musical expression of worship, but we also are aware that there are many expressions of worship. That worship is not limited to a musical expression, but limited could be your, I mean, worship could be your lifestyle. Worship could be your act of service. Worship could be your discipline that you give to God. Worship could be the giving of your, of your resources and your finances. Worship could be so many different things. Worship is multifaceted. And so this morning, as we talk about this idea as a foundation, we're going to zoom out of that idea as, of worship as simply the musical expression. And when I talk about worship this morning, we're going to be talking about it out of a, a, a broader context. That there's it is an expression, and one of the ways that we've defined it is worship is the overflow of your thoughts, feelings, and emotions, and it is a response to what is known. And we've said this, knowing Him will result in worship. When you know Him, you will worship Him. And there's a great example of this in Philippians chapter 2 verse 9 where it says, Therefore, God has highly exalted Him and given Him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on the earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In other words, this is a prophetic passage that's saying one day He will be known by the universe, by the world, for who He is. And when He is known, the response, the natural response will be worship. To know Him is to worship Him. Knowing Him will always result in worship. So, you might be asking the question. Very good question, actually. What does any of this have to do with thankfulness? After all, I did say that the title of my message today is A Lifestyle of Thankfulness. And that is a wonderful question. If that's on the tip of your brain, you're thinking, what is he talking about here? Why are we talking about worship? Okay, check this out. Psalm chapter 100, verses 3 to 4. Know that the Lord, he is God. Remember, if you know him, you will worship him. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. So here's a big idea today. When we worship with understanding of who we know him to be, of what is known, remember it's not just some airy-fairy thing, it's not just some emotional thing, it's not just like, oh, I'm just going to get myself all excited today just because I feel like being excited. No, no, no. It's a response to who he is. When we know him and we respond to him, then a natural response to that is thankfulness. Oh, God, I forgot how wonderful you are. God, I forgot that you are good. God, I forgot that you are holy. I forgot that you are who you say you are, that you are unchanging, and I can rely on you. Even though the world around me is shaking, I can rely on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. 
Amen? And so because of that, I can respond with thankfulness. And conversely, one of the keys to finding true thankfulness is to praise the Lord. I love this quote by J.I. Packer. We need to discover all over again that worship is natural to Christians. As it was to the godly Israelites who wrote the Psalms. And that the habit of celebrating the greatness and graciousness of God yields an endless flow of thankfulness, joy, and zeal. What, I'm going to repeat that last part again. The habit of celebrating the greatness and graciousness of God yields an endless flow of thankfulness, joy, and zeal. So when we worship God with understanding, when we know who He is, when we have something to tie back to that, whether that be maybe it's your, your testimony, your memories, the things that God has done in your life, maybe it's the truth of the Word of God, which is what we always go back to, then when you know Him, you will worship Him. And a natural byproduct of that is thankfulness. So now that we've got that thought kind of nailed down, that's the foundational thought. We're going to take that, we're going to put it in a little box right here, and we're going to take that box, and we're going to put it up on a shelf right over here, and we're going to access it in just a moment, but I want to just take a little bit of a detour here, and we're going to tie it back in and back around, okay? You guys with me? Okay, so here's the next question. So we put that aside. So one of the questions we should ask about thankfulness is this, so when then should we be thankful? Yes. When should we be thankful? Yes, according to the, the, what I just said, it, it, should, it should be always. But in reality, that's not always the case. Why is it? Now, what does it say in the, in the Bible? Well, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Okay. Pretty obvious. In everything give thanks. Okay. Now, what about this one? Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's a great promise. But what is it saying here? We ought to always be thankful. Okay, now what about this one? Ephesians 5, 19 through 20. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourself and making music in your heart to the Lord and giving thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, is this just me? Or does this idea seem sometimes maybe a little bit irrational? I mean, how are we supposed to actually live this out? How are we actually supposed to be thankful in everything? How are we supposed to do it? And I would, I'm just going to give you a preview. I would argue that the way that we can do that is when we know who He is. Because His power and His greatness and His goodness supersede everything that we experience in life. When we have a relationship with Him, we can be thankful to Him because He is God. Because He is Lord. Because He is unchanging. So I don't think what the Bible is saying here, necessarily, necessarily, is that we're thankful for the, everything around us because of everything around us. I, I don't think that's what God is, is necessarily saying here. You know, like, imagine this. So you take a car and you go for a trip. And you're driving out and you're in the wilderness and you're just driving around. Everything's good. You got your music blaring. Everything's, it's good. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day. You're driving. And then all of a sudden, and the car runs out of gas. 
And some guy like parachutes in with a microphone and puts it in your face and says, how do you feel right now? And you say, man, I'm just so thankful that I ran out of gas today. Isn't that wonderful? I don't even know where the nearest gas station is. But man, am I thankful for that. Is that what he's saying? And then you find a gas can in the back of your car, and so you start walking down the road back towards where the last gas station was, which is probably about two kilometers away, maybe three kilometers. And you're walking along, and there's these ditches on either side, and all of a sudden a logging truck comes running around the corner and runs you off the road. And you fall in the ditch, and you cut your arm, and you break your leg, and, and you're lying there, and you're just like, ah, and the dude parachutes down again and gets there with the microphone in your face and says, how do you feel? I'm just so thankful that I broke my arm and then I ran out of gas and then I have to walk to the gas station still to get some gasoline. Is that what he's meaning? No. And then you get up and you hobble down the road and you get to the gas station and you walk up to the pump and thank you Lord for the gas station. Oh, this is so good. Oh, praise you Jesus. And you pull out the, the, the thing and you put it in there and you click click. And this guy comes walking out. What you doing? <laughs> I'm getting some gas. I, I ran out of gas up there. Oh, I'm sorry. We just ran out of gas too. Guy parachutes in. How you feeling? Well, I'm just so thankful that I ran out of gas and I had to walk three kilometers and I fell in the ditch and I broke my leg and there's no gas here. So I have to walk three more kilometers to get gas. Is that what God is saying? He's saying be thankful for everything for the sake of it. No, I don't believe that's what he's saying. I don't believe that's what he's saying. Where does this thankfulness come from? Where do we get this thankfulness that he's calling us to have in everything? And I believe that there's three places where we're going to find a resource for thankfulness. And I'm going to give those to you this morning. Okay, you with me? Here we go. Number one. Here it is. This thankfulness comes from the knowledge of who he is. Not just the circumstances that we're in, not just, hey, all these things that we're surrounding us right now, but the knowledge of who our God is. This is the idea that even when we don't see it, He's working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Come on, this is the idea that even when we don't understand the circumstances, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. We serve a God who is unchanging, who is righteous, who is holy, who is good, who is this firm foundation that we can cling to. This is our God. Psalm 96 verse 4, For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. Psalm 107 verse 8, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Psalm 717, I will thank the Lord because He is just. I will sing praise to His name most high. Psalm 118, I will give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. How can we give thanks in all situations? How can we give thanks for all situations? It's first of all because of who He is. Because of who He is. There's an example of this from, from Jesus, actually. Story from Matthew chapter 11. And I'll just read it to you briefly here. Um, Jesus 
is denouncing towns where he had done so many of his miracles because they hadn't repented of their sins and turned to God. And he says, what sorrow awaits you, Chorazin and Bethsaida? For if the miracles that I did in you had been done in wicked Tyre and Sidon, their people would have repented of their sins long ago, clothing themselves in burlap and throwing ashes on their heads to show their remorse. I tell you, Tyre and Sidon will be better off on the day of judgment than you. And you people of Capernaum will be honored in heaven? No. You will go down to the place of the dead. For if the miracles I did in you had been done in wicked Sodom, it would still be here today. I tell you, even Sodom will be better off in the judgment day than you. Now, this is what it says. At that time. So what's happened here? Jesus has gone forth. He's done the work of the Father. There's been miracles that have taken place. And the people are like, meh. Yeah, I just healed your blind brother. Yeah. Okay, well, I just, I just um, you know, raised the dead. And that's the response that he's gotten. Like, for all intents and purposes, this is a failure. The, the intention of the miracle is to draw people's attention back to the reality of the greatness of God, that he is God and he's in control. But they're, they're, they're not seeing that. This is a failure. And how does Jesus respond? At that time, Jesus prayed this prayer. Oh, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you. For hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. So because he's able to recognize the reality of God, the reality of his Father, because he's able to respond to that and pray the prayer of thankfulness, he's seeing things in a unique way, in a, through a unique lens, so that he's not being dominated by the circumstances that he's found himself in. And he's rising up above it. The Bible says, therefore, um, set your mind on things above where Christ is. How can we be thankful in all things? By understanding who he is. That even when we don't see it, he's working. That even though we might be in a situation that is overwhelming, we got no gas, we've been in the ditch, there's no gas at the gas station, what are we going to do next? He's still working. And we can be thankful because of who he is. We can be thankful because of who he is. That's number one. Number two. This thankfulness comes from the knowledge of what he has done. So who he is, his his personhood, his character, his nature, and then then this part is thankfulness from the knowledge of what he has done. And I just, I got a scripture this morning as I was praying about the the sermon in pre-service prayer, and it's from Psalm 103, and I love this. Psalm 103 says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. With, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I think in the NLT version it says, who daily loads us with benefits. Are we aware of what God has done? Now we can look at this on two different levels. We can look at this on the, 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 the micro level, like what is God doing right now in our lives? And then we can also look at this on the macro level. And that's the beauty of the gospel, is that it's not only a, a story that surpasses and in, 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 in is over time, but also it's something that is, is relevant to us right now. And so one of the ways that we do that in the church is we celebrate communion. We take time to celebrate communion. What is that? That's a time where we stop, reflect, and, and remember 
how grateful we are for the sacrifice of Jesus. Luke chapter 22 verse 19 says, Jesus, he took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me. He broke it and he gave thanks to God for it. Um, so I, there's this revelation about this idea of being thankful. One of the, one of the terminologies, like the churchy terms that we would use for this type of thing for communion is the term Eucharist. Eucharist. Everybody say that with me. One, two, three. Eucharist. Very good. Very good. Eucharist. And that word literally um, in the Greek means, means thankful, is my understanding. It means thankful. Um, and so there's this revelation that came out of this wonderful lady by the name of Ann Voskamp in her book, uh, 1,000 Gifts. And it's this idea of Eucharistio, um, which is to give thanks. And when you break down that word, you pull out one of the words that you pull out of there is this word charis or charis, which is the word grace. And it has a derivative, which is chara or kara, which means joy. And so this revelation is that there is grace that is taking place around us all the time. And if we respond with thankfulness to the grace that is taking place around us all the time, that the result of that will be joy. So this is this idea of what has God done? What has he done for you? And you might say, well, Matt, I, di- I didn't see a lot today that made me want to recognize it. Do you see the grace that is there? You guys, it is gorgeous outside today. Grace. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day. Recognize it, and it produces joy. I got up this morning, and I got to use um, a toilet that was inside my house. Wow! I didn't have to crawl out the back and go through the dew and go open some rusty door and, you know, go, yeah, I'm not, you know, there's no more of that. We'll, we'll stop right there. That's as far as we need to go. Grace! Thank you! Joy. Do you see it? Do you see it? There's grace that's happening around us all the time. Would we recognize it so that we could be thankful and experience his joy? Yeah? Okay, that's communion. That's this idea of the Eucharist. And next one is um, testimony. And it's yours and others. This is the idea of look what the Lord has done. I remember the, the good old charismatic song we used to sing. Look what the Lord has done. Anybody know that one? Look what the Lord has done. Uh. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. I'm going to praise his name. We should sing that again sometime. It's a fun one. Come on. But I remember we used to, we, used to, we called it the ring. It was three songs and we, it was just talking about the greatness of God. What has he done in your life? Psalm 107 verse 8 says, Oh, that man would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. Listen, we need to look back on the faithfulness of God. And that will create a sense of thankfulness in us. Do you remember how faithful he's been to you? Do you remember how when you're going through that hard time, you didn't know if you were going to make it, and, and, and the, the, the Lord came beside you, the Holy Spirit spoke to you and said, Hey, I'm with you right now, right where you are. And in that moment, he got you through that day. Do you remember that? 
We look back and we rehearse the faithfulness of God. Do you recognize it? Again, there's another great song about this. Um, I will look back and see that you are faithful. I'll look ahead, believing you are able. Jesus, Lord of all. Do you look back and see His faithfulness? Do you recognize it? Do you see it? And he brought you here today. That's by the grace of God. I, I think about also that, I, that the amazing grace. You know, it was grace that taught my heart to fear and grace that will lead me home. Do you see his faithfulness and grace in your life? Can you rehearse it? Can you remember it? Number three, this thankfulness comes from the knowledge of what he has promised to do. There's more. Psalm 90, 71 verse 22, then I will praise you with music on the heart because you are faithful to your promises, O my God. I will sing praise to you with the lyre, O holy one of Israel. How about this one? Revelation chapter 21 verses 3 to 4. Guys, I'm almost done, so you can be thankful for that too. We're doing great. Let's go. Revelation 3 and 4. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Lord, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will also be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Who was and is and is to come. Hebrews 12, 28, since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. Come on, the promises of God towards you are yes and amen. I heard somebody say, I think it was Rick Warren said this, he said, did you know that there's over 7,000 promises in the Bible? 7,000. I can think of a few just off the top of my head. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it, Right? For I know the thoughts I think towards you, declares the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a hope and a future. How about this? Those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. They shall walk and not grow weary. They shall run and not faint. I might have got that backwards, but you get the idea. God's got promises. There are promises that he has for you that are yet to come. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. How about him, Jesus saying, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will always be with you. Come on to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So church, how do we choose to be thankful in every circumstance? How, how do we do that? What, what's, what's the motivation for it? Well, first of all, it's because of who he is. Second of all, it's because of what he has done. And third, it's because of what he's going to do. But it all comes back to Jesus. And so, as I close my portion today, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just give you four very practical expressions of this that you can practice in your life, okay? And then my beautiful wife, Tanya, is going to come and she's going to close the service today uh, with a response time. So here we go. Number one is singing. Psalm 147, verse 7 says, sing out your thanks to the Lord, sing praise to our God with a harp. Number two is prayer. Matthew eleven twenty five. At that time, Jesus praised, prayed this prayer. O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you. We just read this earlier. For hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to, ch- ch- to the childlike. We can be thankful with our prayers. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for these things. As I was driving this morning, I was intentionally saying, God, thank you for this vehicle. Thank you for my family. And I was practicing gratitude. Number three, we can do this express our thankfulness to God by sharing the good news with others. Psalm 105 verse 1, oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. Tell your story. Tell others. 
what God has done in you. That's a way that we can express our thankfulness to God. And number four, and this is one that the Jansons should know, because we always have this saying in our home that the number one thing is Jesus, of course. But then after that, it's attitude. With our attitude. And what is that? Oh, I love this. It's an attitude of gratitude. An attitude of gratitude. We can choose, we can't choose our circumstances, but we can choose our attitude. Right? We can't choose the things that we're facing that are coming against us, but we can choose how we're going to respond to that. We always have that choice. That's, that's the grace that God has given us. And here's what it says, and again, we've already read this, but I'm going to read it again. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Notice this. All of these things are challenges to us that we can choose to respond to. Right? It didn't say, hey, when you get saved, just so you know, a little byproduct of that is you're going to rejoice in everything. And you're also going to pray without ceasing. That's just going to happen. It's just going to be a thing that's going to happen magically. Oh, by the way, you're going to be thankful in all circumstances. That's what's just going to happen. No, no. This is a choice that we have to make as we respond to who God is. Amen. So, what are we saying today? God is always calling us back into right relationship with Him. One of the greatest tools that we have to, to do that is to worship, which is to respond to what is known or respond to Him. And one of the byproducts of responding to Him and what is known is this attitude of gratitude, this life of thankfulness that we live as we recognize the greatness of our God. Tanya? I can have Jasper and Bethany come up to our worship team. And we just wanted to end the next couple moments, not long, nothing drawn out, but with a response to this amazing word, thank you so much, Matt, of gratitude and thankfulness. And I have been challenged with this so much in my life about being thankfulness. And it's really heart of contentment, right? Being content in all circumstances. And I was reminded this morning when Paul speaks in Philippians 4, verses 11, He says, I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I have learned to be content. And that, I believe, is found in thankfulness. And Matt touched on that too. How do we practically live out our lifestyle of worship. How do we, we've been learning for the last three weeks about a lifestyle. We've learned about worship. We've been learning about coming back to our first love. How does that look practically? How does that look in my everyday life? How do I worship God? How do I do that? Am I, 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 I understand this, but then what does that look like on Monday, Tuesday, Friday, Saturday? What does it look like to worship God with my life? This is one huge way that overflows into others thankfulness, practically thankfulness, so that in my heart, my perspective begins to change as I begin to see things and thank, see the daily things as the miracles that they are, and it changes my perspective. It's changing how I'm looking at things. It's producing in me a heart of contentment. When there's so much around me that I can compare and wish for and want and desire, but when I practice a heart of thanksgiving to God for what he has given and see the gifts 
the mist in the early morning on October morning because it's so beautiful right now, and we can all say that. The sunshine, the warmth right now that we're experiencing, water to drink, food to eat, hot cup of coffee or tea in the morning, grace, practical, just grace. It's not over-spiritual, but it's a gift, and I want to practice thankfulness. We want to call you into thankfulness. Thank you, Lord God, for this day. Thank you for giving me life today. Thank you that every morning, new mercies, I will see. Why? Because you promised it. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for grace, new grace, to walk through this day. May we be a people of gratitude, of thankfulness, and not living our days just numbly, kind of going through them and forgetting. You guys, we know. We know Jesus. We know God, the giver of all these good gifts. Should we not be the people that are the most great, grat- like we have the most gratitude. We have the most thankfulness in our hearts because of what he has given and what he has done. May it overflow. That is a lifestyle of worship. When I take everything everything I'm doing, my working, my playing, my resting, when I take it all and I thank God for it, just thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, and see it, that we would be a people that have eyes to see his goodness in the land of the living, amen, because it's all around us. Sometimes it gets shadowed and blurred by hard times, by sickness, by relationship struggles, I understand that. I know that. But if we could ask the Lord to give us the eyes to see his goodness in those situations and then remind ourselves of who he is in the midst of those and then be able to still say thank you, God, because of the same things that we just heard about because who he is and what he promises and what he has done in the past. So we just want to end this morning giving all of us an opportunity to respond. We don't want to just oh, that was a good message, but really respond this morning. And if you want to be someone who can see things more and then express your gratitude, if you can see the miracles in the day, in your life, if you feel like you've grown discontent or unsatisfied with the way your life is, then that's what we're calling you to. Just renew your vow to the Lord. Lord, I want to see things as you see them. Lord, I want to live a life that is content with what you've given and what you've handed me in this season. So I'm going to ask you to stand on your feet, everyone. I'm not going to call you to come up, but we just want to spend these last moments singing a song of gratitude and worship to the Lord. And just, you can be quiet, you can sing the songs, but just have these next moments. We want to just save these moments that you can just talk with the Lord. And say, Lord, thank you. Father, may I be a person that can live a lifestyle of gratitude, which will be my worship to you in the nitty-gritty day-to-day life that we live. I want to live seeing things as you see them. I want to be someone who is grateful and thankful. And that is us living a life of worship.